Good morning to you. I'm thinking about pencils today. Your your response is, Pastor, why are you thinking about pencils? (laughs) Thinking about pencils today, I was was thinking about something that happened uh, years ago when I was in in elementary school in Pennington Gap, Virginia, my hometown. Uh, I had a teacher who was was fantastic. You know, I I, I love this man. Even after I graduated and moved away, I would still see him. And he even would be very nice. I, I would go back home and, and my mother would say, yeah, J.N. Ely, that was his name. J.N. Ely, he was a teacher, um, a math teacher, and also a, uh, a principal at, at times in my uh, elementary school. It's amazing how teachers make such an impact on your life. Right, right, Sherry? Teachers really do, and Jay and Ely was no different. He taught math, and more than once, I, and I'm sure a lot of other my classmates, I would go into his class, and um, he always gave us a pop quiz, and um, um, I would say, Mr. Ely, I don't, I don't have anything to write with. Can you give me a pencil? And, and he wouldn't give me a pencil. He would always give me the smallest pencil that you can imagine, Okay, and he would, he would give me the pencil, you know, and the racers worn down, and, and I'm like, Mr. Ely, this is, this is too small. And he always said the same thing. He would say, that pencil will write everything you know, Johnny Collins. <laughs> you know, and I found out he was right. I don't know if it was because of that or not, but I've always had kind of an affinity uh, to pencils. Even now, I, I use a pencil a lot. I'll, I'll start with just a blank piece of paper with a with a Christian thought or a Bible verse or something on it, and I'll use a pencil and I'll just start making spider webs off that, off that one thought and I'll write things down and references and ideas and things and, and I'll write, you know, and so I use a pencil a lot of ways like that even, even till today. But we don't use pencils very often anymore, do we? But you know what? I think back to Jay and Ely and I think about the great uh, example he was and the great uh, encouragement he was to me and to so many uh, in, in my little hometown. And I started thinking about pencils and I started thinking about new and what it means to be new. 
You know, when we think about getting a new pencil, we think about getting something like this, right? But you know what? This pencil will do you no good because, you know, it doesn't have a point on it yet. And even if you, even if you have a pencil with a point on it, I, I use them a lot of times and I have four or five in my little tray there on my desk and I'll try to find one that has the sharpest point on it because they get so, they get so dull, they even get down so far that you can't write with them because all you're, all you're touching the paper with is the, is the, is the material around the lead. And you think about being new, but there's not anything. Here's the thing. Is, is good as new as good as new? You know, we think, about, we think about getting new things. My grandson Jack, Arlene, gave him a beautiful shirt for Christmas. Brand new, off the rack, just his size. He pulled it out of the bag, he looked at it, and he threw it onto the couch. Let's go to the next present, right? Because sometimes... Sometimes we're not enticed so much by the new. But boy, we really, we really think about the new this time of year. The new year. And what that means. You know, I couldn't help but think this morning as I got together with all my pastor friends to pray at 630. We had several preachers there that I hadn't seen in quite a long time. And I wondered to myself... These guys have made New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go pray with those guys every, every Sunday morning, right? I didn't ask. I didn't point it out. But I know that that's probably true for some of those. We want to, we want to start new. We want new. But here's the thing, folks. Good as new is as good as new. I mean, you can have a new pencil. And if you, if you put it and you sharpen it, it's... It's new. Or if you have a used pencil, and if you put it in the sharpener, you can get that point just as, just as, just as sharp as you can. And you know what? There's nothing, there's nothing quite like writing, writing something beautiful with a new point. I'm going to use this. I'm going to write Arlene a letter today with this pencil. Okay? Maybe, maybe not. But anyway, but you know what? Even this one. I remember complaining to Mr. Ely over and over again Mr. Ely, that pencil's too small. And you say, that'll write all you know. And you know what? It's true. But even this one, you can still get it sharp. Here's the point, folks. God wants us to come into this new year and understand regardless of how we feel about life and about where we are and where we've been, it can be new. It can be a new year. It can be a new attitude. It can be a new effort. It can be a new faithfulness. The only thing that cannot be new is God's love and faithfulness to us. But folks, we can stand here at this moment looking at all of the possibilities and we can know that God allows us to come into this time of year with this, with this new outlook. Let me give you a word today. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in verse number 17. Look at what it says. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone the new is here. 
And this is from God. Isn't that a marvelous word? That as we stand here today, we know that what we have before us is, is something that is, that is new and is exciting. Let me ask you three questions about this passage and help you understand exactly what God is trying to say uh, to us here. The first one is this. Who is anyone? I mean, if you look at it there, he actually, he actually says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Who is, who is anyone? Now, I find it interesting, and maybe this is a subtle difference, but I think it's a beautiful difference, the difference between anyone and everyone. It's, it's so good to have everyone here today. You know what? It's, it's really good to have you here today. You see the difference between everyone and anyone? Everyone can be, can be the whole group, and certainly God loves everyone. But when he talks about being new here, and as we launch into this new year, I think he wants to know that he is, he is pointing at, at you. I was at a golf tournament some years ago with Rich Ward. Is Rich here today? I don't see Rich. Rich and I went to the PGA Championship out in New Jersey a few years ago. And I failed to read the sign that said no, no uh, photography allowed. And I'd gotten close to, to Phil Mickelson one day, and uh, uh, I was just kind of snapping his picture. You know, I was taking his picture. And his, his caddy, Bones, you know Bones? If you're, if you're a golf fan, you probably know who Bones is. Bones walked over to the ropes, and he pointed at you, me, and he said, Hey, you, put it up, put it away. And then a, a marshal came and said if he caught me taking another picture, he would take my phone from me. So I started obeying the rules, you know? But when somebody points, listen, folks, God, God certainly is saying everyone, but when he's talking about this opportunity to become new, he's pointing at you. He's pointing at you. He's thinking and talking about your individual life and your individual struggles and what you need to overcome and what you need to do and things you need to change. And instead of lumping it all up with everyone, understand that God is talking to you and that, and that we can be new new is wonderful my daughter taught me this just uh, it was over Christmas my youngest daughter Kristen what do you want for Christmas Kristen and she said that she wanted this this nail service thing from somewhere June and who was it? Who was it? Huh? Olive and June. You ever been there? No, it's not a site. No, it's a website. Yeah, go to go to Olive and June, okay? She gave me she gave me ten different colors of paint that she wanted for her fingernails. And I had to search through this five hundred list of colors and find these ten so that I could get these exact ones for her. And I must say when she came and she she did her nails, she was dad, Dad, what do you think? I said, honey, they look they look, they look new. They look, they look like new. Because like new is as good as new. And what God is saying here is that regardless how your life has been scarred, 
regardless of the sin that so easily entangles you, regardless of the ways that you have denied or uh, fallen in your faith, you can get back to that place where you know that God is pointing you out and that he is calling you home. And even though you know that you can't, you can't become new, you can become like new because that's what forgiveness can give us. Now let me ask you another question here. I think this is a really interesting question to ask. What does it mean to be in Christ. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. You see that? If anyone is in Christ. Now, if you can be in Christ, you can be, you can be out of Christ. And what he's saying here is that if you are in Christ, that you have some tremendous benefits from being in Christ. Did you know that this phrase is actually used 272 times in the New Testament? I counted, or at least my computer counted. 272 times it talks about this beautiful relationship of being in Christ and how being in Christ, being a disciple of Jesus, being a learner of His, someone that sits at His feet, that being in Christ has a tremendous benefit to all of us. And here's the thing, folks. When we are in Christ, that's when we become new. That's the only time that we can become new. I mean, sometimes, sometimes I, feel like a, I feel like a pencil with a broken point or a pencil that's just been used up. You know, pencil that's just been that's just been sharpened, you know, all the way down, and now it's dull again. And God invites us to this beautiful place of being in in Christ. You know, I, I've I've had these situations where 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 people say, "Well, Pastor John, you are blessed," and I am. You know, I I I list out things about my life, and it's like, man. You are so blessed, John. But you know what? Then I realize that almost every blessing, not almost, every blessing that I have in life is tied to this position of being in Jesus. September 22nd, 1976 was the day that I confessed faith in Jesus Christ. I asked Him to be my Savior. I experienced this born again uh, opportunity that God had given me many times up until then, but I'd never followed through on it. And then, as just a young teenage boy hoping to become a man, I became in Christ. And now I look at all of the blessings of life. And listen, folks, there's lots of struggles too, but even our struggles, even our struggles make more sense when we're in Christ. Because he becomes, he becomes the anchor that we hold on to when the storms come our way. He's the ladder that we use to crawl up out of the holes that we dig and put ourselves in. He is the one that offers forgiveness when we say the wrong thing and when we don't do the right thing. He is all of that. And when you are in Christ, what does it mean to be in Christ? 
It means that you realize and that you understand that Jesus should walk beside you every moment of every day. And every decision you make is made by this. What do you think? Right? Every decision we make, we know that Jesus is there. I am in Christ. I am a disciple. I am a learner. I sit at his feet. I want to be like him. And everything that we encounter in life, what do you think? He'll never steer you wrong. But you see, folks, it's when we don't don't exercise this beautiful relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. It's when things can get so off track and become so different than what we want them to be. So here's the thing. Are you in Christ? And you know, regardless of what people think or not, There's many ways that we walk away from that. And we don't allow the Spirit of God to influence us the way that He should. You know, for example, I say, you know, every every decision we make, what do you think? There's a lot of times I know that Jesus is walking with me, but I go to places, and before I go in, I say, you better stay out here. Because what I'm going to see, what I'm going to be influenced by, what I'm going to be participating, what I'm going to participate in, how I'm going to react is going to be ways contrary of being in Christ. So I say to Jesus, just wait out here, right? We do that. But folks, listen, we should, we should invite him. You know, is there any area of your life that's off limits to Jesus? You know, the Bible says in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says that when you pray, go into your closet, go into your secret place and pray to God. You know, he said, don't don't do your acts of righteousness out on the street corner to be seen by people like the Pharisees do. Isn't it amazing how Jesus says that in our secret place, in in our personal closet, when no one else is around that we should live life in ways that would honor Him. But so often, even though we are in Christ, we've experienced Him, we've been born again, we have salvation in Him, we say, Jesus, you better wait out here. Do we understand what it really means to be in Christ? And then here's here's the third question. I, I think this is really interesting. If you just kind of contemplate here what he means when he says that you are a you are a new creation therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here all this is from from God what does he mean by by a new creation not amazing I mean, that's the, that's the depth of this newness that God is offering to us. That we're not just a, that we're not just a byproduct of the old, but we're a, we're a new creation. I mean, we're still that same person with that same spirit, but we're, we're as good as new. We're as, we're, as, we're as pure as the day we were born. 
We can get to that place where we are without sin and we are starting over. We are a, we are a new creation. Folks, listen, we need to be excited about being that new creation. I remember when, uh, when, our, when our second grandchild was born, when Finley came around, we, we went to Tennessee to be a part of the, uh, of the reveal of what it was going to be, you know, boy or girl, and that's a big thing nowadays. Um, and uh, we went, and we went with the understanding that we were going to be able to go in for the, uh, for the uh, ultrasound, and that we were going to be there when they, when they found the baby, and they determined and told what it was going to be. Well, when we got there, they wouldn't let Arlene and I in the, in the room. It was just uh, Sarah and her husband, Mark, and, and they let Jack in there. So Arlene and I are sitting out in the, in the waiting room, and I'm thinking, I drove 570 miles to sit in a waiting room. You know, I was just a little irritated that I wasn't in there. And the way we found out about what, what Finley was going to be was that uh, Jack came out before his mom and dad came out, and he came over to Arlene and I, and he said, I'm not going to be a big brother, or I'm not going to have a little brother. That's what he said. I'm sorry, I ruined that line. I'm not going to have a little brother. I don't have a brother. That's what he said. And uh, that's the way we found out that it was a girl. But man, isn't a... Isn't a new creation beautiful? I see some of you guys, you know, Whitney and others walking around here expecting children. And, you know, I'm so pro-life, I count her twice in the uh, attendance here today, you know. And just the thought, you know, we, we had kids in the house again this Christmas, the grandkids. And, man, that was so awesome. Isn't a new creation wonderful? When you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it's an amazing time. I, I think we've lost a little bit of the beauty of that. Man, I remember when I, was, uh, when I was 16 years old and I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was, man, I was so excited. I felt, I felt new. I felt like a new creation. I felt like I was starting over. I felt like I was good as new. I felt like I was forgiven and that I had the Spirit of God living inside of me. It was such a wonderful thing. And I'm just telling you folks, from that day when I was 16 until the day now, and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be 62 here next week or two weeks, I know that being in Christ has magnified the blessings so greatly and helped so much with the struggles. You see, that's the kind of new that God is offering to us. So as we stand here on the very first day of 2023, isn't that, isn't that crazy? That's crazy to me to think about. It's 2023. You know, you remember, it was, it's been 23 years ago that we were worried about whether or not the world was going to end when our computers clicked over to, uh, to the year 2000. And now it's 2023. I think the old guy here at church has said to me one time, Pastor, we're all going to be dead before we know it. I think he was right. <laughs> I mean, life is going so quickly. But here's the thing, folks. You have the decision to make. Do I want the old? Or do I want the new? Do I want the old or the new? Which do I want? Do I want the old or the new? You see, that's why the new year is so important. Because it's, it's this time when we, 
when we evaluate, and then when we encourage. You know, we evaluate where we've been, where we are, you know, the progress that we've made. And then we tell ourselves, you know what? I want to do better this year. You know, maybe, maybe this could be the year that you finally win that battle of that sin that you've struggled with for decades. Maybe, maybe today is the beginning of the year when you finally make those financial changes that are going to benefit you and your family so greatly. Maybe this is the beginning of the year, men, when you love your wives like Christ loved the church. When you treat your wife and your children with kindness and love that is off the charts. Or ladies, misses, maybe, maybe this is the year that you get over that emotional struggle from your childhood or your past that you've carried for so long. You see, that's what God offers us today. And that's why when I say that we have the choice that we can just, you know, you know what they say, that if we continue to do what we've always done, we'll continue to get the results that we've always gotten. Maybe today is the day that we need to change some things, do some things different. Here, let me give you a few suggestions. Allow God to filter your mouth before you speak. How about this one? How about making the Bible a daily habit? And by daily, I mean every day. You spend some time in the Word. How about this year, every day, you pray? Not just asking God for things that you want, but asking for God's blessing and your understanding about what it means to be a disciple. There's so many. You know what, folks? I could, I could continue making a list that could take the rest of the day, but you know the things that need to be on your list. You see, here's the thing. Solutions are easy. You know, I, I always stand at the beginning of a new year, and I know what I need to do. I know the changes I need to make. I understand what needs to be different. But the challenge is the implementation of that. And making those things become a reality. That's why I say here we are and we choose between the old and the new. And let me tell you something, folks. And if you look at this, the beginning of this passage, it talks about reconciliation. Or some versions uses the word persuasion. That this, that this passage is about, is about persuasion. If you go back to verse number 11, he says, Since then we know that it is what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. You see, Paul, Paul's thought here that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is trying to persuade people to walk away from the old and embrace a new beginning in Christ. So folks, I think that that is where we and I, you and I are today, that we are at this place where we must commit ourselves to this kind of choice. He says on down in verse number 19, 
And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, folks, that's, that's the influence that God wants us to have on our communities. But are we? You see, we can't have that kind of influence unless we've experienced the real change that we're talking about. I read recently that someone said, you know what, if the Apostle Paul, if the Apostle Paul were to see the church in America today, we'd be getting a letter. Right, when you, read, when you read the book of Revelation and how he wrote to the churches of the time and basically the message was you've lost your first love, you need to repent. You need to come back to God. You know, and they say, you know what? If, if, if he saw the church in America today, we'd be getting a letter. And listen, folks, it wouldn't be a letter for everybody out there. It'd be a letter for us. So I implore you. I persuade you. I ask you. Do you understand that you have been called to be to be new. Because you're not everyone, but you are anyone. And God is pointing at you. And that we need to understand, you need to understand what it means to be in Christ. And that we are a new creation. And that we've laid aside the old. And now that we are new. Well, maybe not new, but we're like new. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I ask today that you would help us to rely on you for all that we need. God, I pray that you would help us, help us to understand what it means to be a new creation. Lord, like, like Nicodemus, we so misunderstand. How can we enter into our mother's womb again? Jesus said we must be born again. And Lord, not that we are new, but we're like new. Totally forgiven. Totally have a new start. But just as Jesus said to those that said, how many times do we forgive our brother? <laughs> and Jesus said as many, as many times as is needed. And Lord, we ask that um, we would understand that every time we come to you and ask, Lord, make us new, you do. That forgiveness, Lord, is an ongoing thing in the life of a believer. So God, I pray for anyone here today that's never accepted Jesus, has never had that born-again experience. Lord, it's not, it's, it's not that if we just attend church, if we're raised in church, but Lord, we need to embrace faith individually on our own. So God, I pray for anyone here that hasn't done that. And know, Lord, that today, right now, they can do that. And God, I just pray that this passage will be, will be a launching point for us into this new year. That, Lord, we have an opportunity to be new a new creation. Father, may we accept that forgiveness. 
And that, Lord, we make the commitment that this year is going to be different. It's going to be different because we're going to be different. It's going to be different because we're not going to walk with Jesus and then tell him to wait here and participate in things that we shouldn't. But, Lord, every decision we make, Christ, what do you think? God, what do you think? How should I respond? And, Lord, I just ask that you would help uh, families, men and women, husbands and wives, children, individuals, Lord, to really rely on you and the newness that you can bring. Father, may it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.